Hey, this is Ryan Chapman with the Fix Your Funnel interview series, and I'm really pleased to have Wes Schaefer with me today. And the reason why is because I've known Wes, we've known each other for a long time, right? Maybe too long, but yes. Too long, yes, long sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you that. But Wes is, is a guy that has been focused like a laser on one of the most important characteristics in a business, which is sales. And that's something I've always admired about you, Wes, is your tenacity on the right topic. Because I see a lot of people bounce around, you know, they're, they're on one thing one week and then another year they're another thing. You know what I mean? Right. And they don't know what they're about. And that's the, the thing I think I really appreciate most about you is you know exactly what you're about and you stick to it. You, Your tenaciousness on being about sales is great. And it's really important, I think, in a world of marketing automation. Yep. The, the thing that we were just chatting about before we started recording was this fact that so many people try to automate themselves out of the business. Why do you think that's a, a problem? Or, or do you think it's a problem? They're trying to do what out of the business? Automate themselves out of the oh, business. Oh, yeah. And they end up automating themselves out of business when they do that. But well, that's my opinion. Yeah. It's the, you know, I just made a, a post last night before I went to bed. You know, I said, oh, maybe I'm tired. Maybe I'm just grumpy and old. I don't know. Maybe I'll delete it. Maybe I'll keep it. But it's it's still, there was a guy, he messages me on LinkedIn. And yeah, you get a lot of those. Oh my gosh, I get, there's so many. Oh. It's, it's easy I mean, to resolve that, by the way, Wes. You just don't go to LinkedIn. <laughs> no, I know. I actually, I get business from there. And no, I, I do no, like the good. platform. I was an early user. I got a message from them years ago. They're like, I think I said I was the first, one of the first 100,000 users. So oh, I don't know. Really? I have like 400 million they have now or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, I was using it way early. I do like it. And I like connecting with people. Sure. And, but it's 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 easy to skim over because they just pitch me immediately. So I just I just ignore it. Yeah. You know, and just I don't engage with them. So, so what did this guy do? So he says, hey, you've been I've chosen you, right? For it's like some some top entrepreneur thing for a Yahoo article. I'm like, okay, can you elaborate? And it was basically a pay to play. You pay me fifteen hundred bucks, you'll be number one out of twenty. Pay me twelve hundred bucks, you'll be in the top five. Pay me a thousand, you're in the top ten. So I replied, it's like, wow. So I just I pay you and you say nice things for me. He says, Yeah, yeah, ha ha. I said, What if I gave you ten grand just to see where you'd take it? Yeah. Right. And and he's, Oh, we could do all this, that, and the other, make you an influencer. And I was like, So basically, uh, I told him straight up, I said, This feels like lying to me. Well, maybe you're not a good fit for this. Yeah. <laughs> so now his outreach was probably automated, but you know, to bring back to the point that there's so much automation, we have forgotten and people have always forgotten, to be honest. Sure. Sales, greedy salespeople have given selling a bad name. Yeah. Because they look at humans as an object, as a means to an end, the yes. means for them to make more money. And so they give the good guys a bad name and marketers, you know, savvy salespeople slash marketers now just use automation to reach more people and treat them as objects, as means to an end. And so people, uh, our BS meters are really quite high. Yeah. People know when something just doesn't pass the sniff test and a confused mind says no. Okay. And so if something doesn't quite make sense, they don't understand, they're hesitant, they pause and then time goes on and time kills that deal. Yeah. So, you know, use automation to a degree. I'm all for using the right tools to get the job done, but you need to be sprinkling in some humanity. Okay. Some, some personal, send a video to these people, send a real text. I get people my cell phone that people will text me. Is this really Wes? <laughs> you know, and you know, I'm at my desk most of the time. I just got back from jujitsu. Otherwise I'm at my computer. I got my phone on me. I mean, I'm pretty accessible. Okay. Sure. I'll have my chat on my website and, and I'll say, Hey, what's going on? And they're like, is this really Wes? Like, they want proof of life, right? I'm like, yeah. no, this is really me. This is not a VA over in Indonesia. Or a You're bot. Talking you know, and it blows their mind. Just that little touch, you know, treat them like humans. It's, it'll go a long way if you try it. Now, I doubt that you've had time to read my book. I don't even think I've sent it to you, which is on me. The Messaging Connection, have you? No. No, the, that's fine. The reason I, th I even bring it up isn't to put you on the spot or anything, but I have a chapter called 
how you see contacts. Uh-huh. Um, talking about that same topic. And I think, I think the way that you see the people that you sell controls everything that you communicate. Right. Like if you see somebody, I call them, you know, seeing people as money bags. Mm-hmm. Instead of as humans going through the same experience, we are trying to figure things out, having challenges in the process, and hopefully someone's there to help guide them on the next step on their journey. Right. And if you see people as money bags, you can't help but communicate that. And everything right. that you do and say, the way you set up a campaign is going to reflect it. The words you put in that email are going to reflect it. The, the things that you ask them to do are going to reflect it because you see them as an object to be manipulated by your automation. Right. As opposed to saying, hey, I'm going to use automation to facilitate me communicating the initial part with the customer so that I can engage in conversation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know how long have you been around marketing automation? It's been a long time. Well, I became a partner with Infusionsoft in 08. Yeah. I was using some other software by uh, made by a small local company Before in that. like 2006, I think, late 06, yeah. early 07, somewhere in there. So I would consider that you know one of the pioneers because if we want to call email um, autoresponders automation, we could do that. But it really, those were really coming popular in 2004 to 2006, you know. Right. And then you had this company kind of jump onto the scene for small businesses. I think Salesforce has been around longer than that, but that was nothing for small business. Yeah. Infusionsoft kind of popped on the scene and then, you know, others have followed since. Right. But I think for people that have been around marketing automation this long, we've, we've moved past the infatuation period. Oh yeah. So we're not, it's not about the automation anymore. It's kind of, that's yeah. Okay. It does that. It's more about now. How do we build a business that's actually sustainable, and you know creates, you know, customers that enjoy interacting with it? Yeah. And it's interesting to me that the the conversation always comes around to the same topic. I mean, people that are listening to this uh, podcast will probably notice that the topic comes up. And I didn't. It's not like we didn't agree ahead of time to talk about this point. This just organically came up. But it, it comes up almost time after time whenever I talk to a partner who's very seasoned. You know, it's been around the block a few times. And, and I'm uh, old? Is that what, is that what you're y- saying? Yeah, old. <laughs> Even though you could probably still kick my butt in a half second. <laughs> Not that I'm younger than you. I don't think I'm much younger than you. Probably like five, six years max. That's a long time in jiu-jitsu years. Yeah, I know. I, I would, you would probably break my back in five seconds. Let's put it that way. <laughs> And you also mentioned something else that has come up a lot for me, which is that humanity point, expressing your humanity. You've been in sales such a long time. There's an interesting thing, which is the the cycle, right? The feast or famine cycle. Mm -hmm. Every salesperson, almost every salesperson I've ever met has that as their, that's just the way life is. What do you think is the cause for that feast or famine? Well, it's just human nature, man, in anything. Right. You love it. You're, you're not feeling well. You go to the doctor like, yeah, you got this bug. You know what? Like, here's a 10 day uh, supply of penicillin. Right. Antibiotics go, you know, take two today, kind of double up and knock it out and take the medicine until it's all gone. OK, doc, I'll do it. I'll do it. Right. Three days later, you know, you're back to normal. Maybe you take it for five days. And the other five, you just, yeah, whatever. You don't take it, right? And so it's just human nature. We don't, we don't stick with things. It's, you know, I, I wrote a blog post about it just today or yesterday. Eh, I think it was this morning. I get up early. I forget. The days run together. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. <laughs> but, you know, the, in, in physics and in thermodynamics, you know, the, the universe tends towards entropy, right? Yep. And entropy is is the tendency for things to just fall into disrepair, right? If you just left your home the way it is and, you know, came back a thousand years later with nobody around, it would be in bad shape, right? Things just, you've got to maintain things. So as, as humans, we have to get up every day and put forth effort. You know, the good news is the brain, your muscles, you know, they're one of the few things in the universe that get better when you use it. 
Yeah. Right. The more I drive my car, the more it gets worn down. The more I do jujitsu, the more I lift weights, you know, assuming I have proper form and all that good stuff, right? You're, my muscles get bigger. My stamina gets better. But it's an effort. You're tired some days. You're sore some days. And so you just, you, you don't do what you need to do. And you don't make as many calls. You're supposed to make 30 calls in a day. And one day you make 25. And then you let that go ahead and slide. You do 25 the next day. And then, you know, it's happy hour, middle of the week. So you do 20 that day. I'm, I'm going to make it up. And yeah, maybe the next day you get back up to 28. And next thing you know, a month goes by. And instead of 30, you're averaging 22. And you're starving. And, and, and you know what? Those extra calls add up. People, I don't make cold calls. Like Whatever it is, emails, blog posts, newsletters webinars, trade shows, chamber of commerce functions. You got to keep doing these things. There is no magic bullet. And even when every now and then they do come around, right? It's some bleeding edge stuff. Uh, facts broadcasting, right? In the nineties, woohoo. Whoever was first to that made money. Text messaging, you know, still kind of viable, but you know, whoever was first to that was ahead of the pack. But over time, everybody, you know, I get text messages now all the time, stuff I did not opt in for. So, you know, the, the magic, you know, the silver bullet lasts for a little bit. But if you're, if you're always looking for those silver bullets, because, you know, back in the day with Black Hat SEO, you could game the system and rank well. And then once the algorithms and search engines figured it out and wrote better algorithms, then they blacklisted you. And now you went from top to zero, literally invisible. So try re try rebuilding from zero. It's hard. Yeah. No. So, so stop swinging for the fences, you know, go get a bunch of singles. Every now and then you're going to hit a double every now and then they're going to hit an error. You're going to end up with a triple from a single every now and then you're going to hit one over the fence. Okay. And, and the more you do that, you'll, you'll end up with more home runs and more doubles and triples. Yeah. The longer you stick with it and stick with the focus routine. on the base hits. Yeah, yeah. I've what I've noticed is along those same lines is that it's the human nature that causes those cycles in our revenue. It's sure. our you know like you're saying they only take five days instead of the whole ten day course of antibiotics. Right. We we start dripping off on the calls because we don't really know if it's making that big of a difference in the moment. Mm -hmm. And so in my mind, automation serves the purpose of mitigating the impact of human nature. You can't eliminate it but you right. can mitigate it with marketing automation. Sure. And then you've got to enhance the humanity of your business so that those connections that you do make, so when you do get a hold of somebody, you're there 100% instead of stressed out because you don't, you're like, oh, shoot, did I do that other stuff I was supposed to do? Right. And what I've noticed is that in your, in your optimal situation, businesses turn that marketing automation into that underlying current of setting up conversations and the people just are responding to those conversations are being initiated by the automation. Right. Exactly. And so that, that's the, the big transformation that, that at least I, and it's interesting. So that's why it was so interesting. I brought that up is because you're saying the same things that I'm thinking about and I've been talking about in my own little world. And we really don't always intersect very often, but it's fascinating that we both come to the same conclusion. That tells me that must be close to truth. Uh, yep. That's interesting. So on a sales, from a sales standpoint, what, where do you see trends going right now? What are people doing that's done and what should they be doing? Well, pay attention to the Super Bowl, right? What, what, what ad did Facebook run? Do you remember? I didn't watch the Super Bowl, believe it or not. Facebook, Facebook ran one ad and it was talking about groups. So where do they want you to focus? Right. Facebook advertising um, is tough now. People are everything's a, a pendulum. Yeah. Right. It's, you know, paid traffic, people going back to like Google Display Networks, but driving people into groups, engaging them there. But again, doing just what doesn't scale. You know, the old adage, you know, people, they I forget exactly how it goes. You may remember <laughs> like they they won't remember like what you taught them, whatever. But people will always remember how you made them feel. Yeah. And so when you make a phone call, send a text, mail something physical, right? I send welcome packages with my book and, and you know, a handwritten note, little things like that. It's and probably weird have, for people that a software company like ours 
sends a book and sends brownies and, and you know and cards and stuff like that because right. you know so many companies they just want your money and then hit the road right but yeah, you, you show up differently for people don't you what's that you show up differently for people yeah i mean great companies you know look at apple does does apple sell you an iphone and then leave no right or I guarantee you Apple is thinking, how do we get you to buy five things from us? They did. Okay. I, they did. You know, I, Wait a second. <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I, you, you'd be amazed how many Apple things I got with nine or seven kids and, you know, family of nine. We got stuff yeah. everywhere. But, you know, great companies, you know, I created my ABCDE system. And instead of a pipeline, right, which is one direction, shove stuff in, hope something comes out the end, or, you know, a funnel, shove stuff in the top, hope something comes out the bottom. Those, those concepts are fine within my ABCD model, but this is a circle, right? You remember the old, okay. uh, the old water, like the, the water cycle? Yeah. That we learned it as kids, right? It, it snows in the mountains and it, then it melts. And it runs down the, the, the mountainside into the tributaries and the streams, which run into the big rivers. And the big rivers run into the ocean. And from the ocean, you know, the water evaporates, becomes a cloud. The cloud goes back over the, the mountains, becomes snow. So it, it never ends. Yeah. Right? It's a constant cycle. So look at selling the same way in, in this cycle. So A, B, C, D, E. A is attract. Right? What are you doing to attract people to your website, to your trade show booth, to your bakery, your restaurant, whatever. What are you doing to get them there? And then what are you offering them to provide some type of contact information? Right. I, I worked with a local uh, family chain with a Mexican food. They had four restaurants. Yeah. And we implemented just a you know birthday on your birthday burrito thing. Right. Sure. So now all these people are opting in. So now you bond with them. So you attract them to your place of business. You attract them to opt in for something enticing. Now you bond with them. So, you know, let's say you opt in, you know, in February, but your birthday's in January. All right. Do you wait 11 months? Or maybe I can drip on you. Hey, it's Valentine's Day. Or, hey, it's, you know, Daytona 500. Hey, it's President's Day. Have a sale. Right. Bring a friend, you know, buy one, get one, whatever. So now you stay in touch or the six month anniversary. Right. So, you know, July rolls around. Hey, it's it's your half birthday. Come on in for half off. So now I bond with you and preferably it's multimedia and multi touch. OK, yeah. so if you opt in with a text message, let's say, then I'm going to send something to drive you somewhere. Again, attract you, mm -hmm. entice you with something. Hey, get a get a free get a you know free appetizer, free dessert. Free, sign up for our newsletter. So now I got your email address. Okay, now maybe I sell you, you know, gift cards. Hey, twenty percent off. You know, if you spend a hundred dollars, whatever. And people think, oh, but nobody would spend that. My wife and I eat at a local Mexican restaurant. It's a chain she grew up with. Okay, and they sell their gift cards at Sam's Club. And they sell them at 20% off. Yeah. We eat there so much, we buy them $100 at a time. Absolutely. Okay. So people will spend. So now, but but see, they don't get that info. Sam's Club gets that info. So now, now you if you can do this on your own, now you're going to have my cell phone, my email, my physical address, and my credit card on file. Okay. So now you start gathering some more info. And so you're bonding, multimedia, multi-step. Now the C is the, the cash, the customer, the client. Okay. But if you notice now, ABC, we got two more steps to go. So we're, yeah. we're at the halfway point. Great salespeople, great businesses know that the sale is not the end goal. It's the beginning of the relation. It's just like a marriage. You know, on your wedding day, like when you got married, was it over? Or did it really just begin, yeah. you know, your real relationship, right? Yep. That's when the real work kicks in. Yeah, it's a great party. It's a great event, great ceremony, a lot of meaning. Now the work really begins. 
So now you D, you deliver. You deliver a wow experience. You delight the customer. When you do that, okay, and you do it by, you give a little bit more. It's the baker's dozen, right? You give them 13, they order 12. And it doesn't have to be huge. A company that I was in the telecom space for many years and the parent company owned, they, they did headsets. They bought Jabra later on, okay. but, but when you, you know, it's a B2B sale, very high end, you know, hundred multi, multiple hundred dollar headsets and, you know, but they would include a Tootsie roll in the shipment. <laughs> okay. This MP4 looks like, like a little thing, huh? Yeah. It just differentiated them. And so, so I'm not saying, you know, somebody buys a burrito from you, you give them a Rolls Royce, right? It's, I mean, obviously it's got a scale, but you delight, you, you, you know, imagine if you're keeping track and somebody orders a bunch of food from you and the manager, or even the owner calls, you know, Hey, Ryan's Wes over, you know, Miguel's junior. Like what dude? Yeah, really me. It's me, the CEO. That's the owner. You know, I'm you know, West junior of, you know, the West, the third of, you know, Miguel's <laughs> junior. So. Like, I just want to thank you. You come in a lot. Sure. Appreciate you coming in. How far would that go? Yeah. Nobody's doing right. anything like that. Right. I, so, you know, I think that's the thing too, Wes, about these points that you're making to the ABCD. I know I'm excited to hear what E is, but if you, if you really consider how different some of these things are, they're just an inch above what everybody else is willing to do. Exactly. And, but it feels like a mile as far as the, the receiving side. I think that's the the big takeaway I hope people are getting from well, this. Yeah. It's the old thing when you're camping, right? Like, hey, there's bears out here. Can I outrun a bear? Like, I don't have to outrun a bear. I just have to outrun Ryan. Yep, right? which you would. Because <laughs> the bear is going to eat you the first one he catches. So, and in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. Yep. It doesn't right? take it. And that's the thing. People get intimidated by stuff. But all it takes is a little bit of thought. Like, Given the buying the Tootsie Rolls and having the guy drop the Tootsie Roll in the box really didn't take much more time or money, did oh, it? Yeah, exactly. And just, you know, sales is a zero sum game. If I am 1% better than you when we're competing on a deal, I get 100% of the commission. This is not, you know, the Masters golf tournament. Winner gets 1.6 million. The loser, you know, second place guy gets, you know, 800, 900,000. It's like, okay. I'll settle for 10th place. You know, <laughs> if I'm second on a deal, right. My family, uh, we're losing the house. The kids uh, are going to eat, you know, beans and weenies. And I mean, it's not good. So, oh. so what is E then? Oh yeah. E well, I've made a landing page. If your people will, will pay 99 99 uh, per month for 18 months, I'm going to go ahead and tell them what E is. Okay. But yeah, I got to go. <laughs> Sorry. I couldn't stick around. Hey, thanks for having me on though. I did give you the URL. <laughs> So, all right. So, so you've delivered a wow experience, right? You've delighted the customer. Now you endear yourself to them. Mm. This is when people start taking pictures. They go, they go live. I'm over here at Ryan's place. These guys, man, I signed up for a workshop. Oh my gosh. They've so over delivered. I mean, they were, I got books before I showed up. They, Things were done when I arrived. My nameplate, and they had food I didn't even expect it. I got parting gifts, and and they gave me all these templates. I didn't even, oh, it's so great, man. These guys rock. Now they're singing your praises, okay? If I start jumping up and down and saying, hey, I'm this really smart sales guy, and I'm really good at, at Infusionsoft and HubSpot, and you really should come, come to me and buy all your stuff, you're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. But if you say it about me, your friends will trust you. You're like, hey, Ryan's a good guy. If he calls it like it is, if he says Wes is good, I'll go check the guy out. So, so now we, what happens? We're back at the top of the mountain. The clouds are, you know, it's, they're snowing. Boom, we're back at the attract phase, but it didn't cost me anything. So when you're working with a company, you're thinking about how do I create evangelists? That's kind of the, the that's where you say, okay, now we've we're done with our work. Yeah. Yes, essentially, it, is when we yes. when our business creates evangelists, because that's what right. in the the e endearing yeah. also could yeah, stand evan- for. Yep, 
Sure, and, evangelist. and dear, evangelist. Yep, yep, that works. You're getting you're getting people to that point where they want to go out and talk about your business because they've had such an amazing experience, and the value that they feel for doing business with you is at that point where they're like, "This is the best thing ever. Everybody should be doing this." Right. Yeah, I love that concept because I think if you if you go into it like, okay, as soon as I get the money, I'm done. You've missed half the business. And more, well, more sure. than half. I say more than half because I, oh. I think you won't be in business very long. Dude, I, I think back 2004, I bought my first Mac computer. Um, I had iPods. I had one or two iPods before then, maybe around 2002. I don't know. It, it was about that time frame. But I mean, I, dude, I was trying like, I forget all the names now, like Zune. I think did, did Microsoft come out with Zune? Yeah. Dell came out with something. There was a there was a leader in the industry, and I'm, hell, I forget what they are now. It's like Nokia used to be the leader in, in cell phones. Yeah, right. But I, I had their device, and and it was fine. It was bulky, but it was a it was a hard drive. I could carry a bunch of songs. And I got my first iPod. I bought it used on eBay because this guy was selling like all of his Tony Robbins stuff. He left on there like gigabytes of stuff. Man, it was sure, crazy. This is cool. And, but I was leery to buy that computer, but I started a new company and the web guy said, look, if you get, if you get a Mac, I'll, I'll show you how to use it. Okay. Cause at my company, they would reimburse you up to $2,000 and you could buy whatever you wanted. Huh. And so, so I got that right. And now I'm like, oh man, I'm digging it. And then you watch out. Right. We've had pretty much every, I got the first iPhone. I've had all but the five S I think. You know, I got an Apple Watch on, my third one, my second set of AirPods. I'm, I'm on my fourth iPad. You know, I mean, just can't even count. You know, the Apple Pencil, you you name it. We got it. It um, all started from that first experience. They, I got the iPod. I loved it. Then the Mac was easy to use. Loved it. And we got an iMac at home, the old colorful ones. You know, it looked yep. kind of like E.T.'s head or whatever. Yeah. So... Yeah, you got to be thinking through, what can I do? How, how can I reach? You how know, can I keep them? And for people that are thinking, oh, I don't know, it sounds like a lot of work that what Wes is talking about, thinking through that whole, you know, all five letters there. That seems like a lot of work. Well, look at, here's what's the most work, starting a new business. Once you get a business off the ground, you don't really want to be landing that thing or crashing that thing and having to rebuild a new one. Uh, From yeah. my perspective, the best thing you could possibly do is keep it up in the air and make it really fly. And the way you do that is you have to start thinking differently than transactions. you got to be thinking relationships. I think that's at the core of everything you've said in this whole interview so far is how do you develop relationships that can last, relationships that are meaningful. And if you do that in business, I guarantee you're going to be around for a long time. The only way you can mess that up is if you're giving things away, right? If you're not making money. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. you'll fit, you'll wise up to that pretty quick. Oh, for sure. And and it's sometimes it's hard to you know, we we do get too close to our own stuff, right? There is a such thing as a curse of knowledge. Absolutely. It, it's it's hard to to see the forest for the trees sometimes. And look, I, I hire outsiders to come in and tweak my stuff, and I do it for others. I'm working with a lady right now, a big, big infusion soft list, 13 years, I think she's had it. Wow. And uh, it's probably really dirty. She just got tired, right? It's a lot of work, all these launches and everything. I'm like, if you have a list of thousands of past and current customers, okay, I can easily show you. If you have, thousands of customers and a decent reputation, of course. Yeah. Right. And assuming you're not selling paper clips, or even if you're selling paper clips, right? Somebody well, on that list somewhere. Well, people that are buying office supplies, they also are buying $50,000 copiers and printers and, and computers, right? I can find $50,000 for you in your list fast because from an outsider looking in, it's easy. Yeah. Okay. But we all get, we all get stuck in a rut. You know, it's it, the, the person selling office supplies, they may think, you know, I, 
I can never sell a, a computer. Or, you know, even that, though, like you go to Office Depot, of course, you can buy computers. But um, just trying to think of an analogy, right? The, but a, a roofer could talk with a local gardening company or a dog walking company and say, hey, I'll do a mailing for you, you know, or, you know, give me an offer. Give me a, you know, uh, a gardening offer. I'll mail it. You don't have to give up your list, right? Say, give me your offer. I'll mail it. What will you give me? Right? Guys, I'll give you the first month. Yeah, right? there's, so, there are opportunities abounding if you have the relationships. Yeah, for but sure. People so, for a long time, I think, talked about the size of the list as if that meant something. But anyone that had been around for very long realized, no, the size of the list really doesn't mean anything at, at all. Yes, it's, as long as uh, yeah, quantity does not matter if the quality is not there. Yeah. If the quality is there, then yeah, go big. Yeah, yeah well, okay, good. But that, that was always the real thing. The other thing is I've got a little, I call it marketing rule number 19. <laughs> and it is know how you're going to sell before you decide how to lead capture. Yeah. And I think so many businesses fail to do this. I'm sure you run into this all the time where you come into an organization, you want to help them out, but all they've collected is email addresses. Mm-hmm. How big of an impact is it for you? Because, I mean, you just were talking about mailing people and calling them. You mentioned email as well. But, you know, email is so tough if you have not been in touch with them for a while. But you can mail anybody any any day of the week. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. I mean, even if they're, you know, the worst case scenario is their address is cold. But that's at least very less likely to happen than the email address to go cold. Sure. Uh, we get a cell phone number. People rarely change that, you know. Yeah, I've had the same number for 15 years. Yeah, that's not, that's it's just it's almost part of that. It's better than a social security number. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. So you know, if you get these other contact information, that's great. But a lot of people don't think about that. What do you what do you do with somebody that's just been collecting email address and they come and say, "Hey, Wes, I need your help. I want to improve my sales." What's kind of your go to checklist that you start talking to them about? You know, you got to get down to the fundamentals. You know, what do you sell? You know, who, who do you sell it to? Why do they mm-hmm. buy from you? You know, just, yeah, just having an email like address. you're starting to construct a solid offer. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Because the offer is, the offer is what really trumps everything. Yeah. Okay. A great offer will get somebody's attention. And they'll give you what? Anything. For sure. You and, got a good and, offer. What will they not give you? Yeah, I mean, think about, you know, Black Friday, right? I mean, you're calling your family, your friends, you're like, okay, listen, I know I said this year would be different and I wasn't going to go out on Thanksgiving, but this is too good of a deal. Let's go. <laughs> All right. And so, I mean, it's an extreme example, sure. but when, you know, I'm, I've always told people deep down, I really hate selling. It's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't. I don't like the traditional concept, what people selling. think selling is. Sure. You know, hey, Ryan, I'm going to be in your area next week. You know, would Monday or Tuesday be better, morning or afternoon? And, you know, who there? Well, as a matter of fact, you know, we're coming up to the end of the month. And what, what kind of budget do you have? And are you the one that really authorizes that? And yeah, I'm just like, oh, really, dude? Like, man, that is so, you know, 1970. So I think great salespeople. And this has always been the case. Great salespeople sort, sift, and, and separate. Great salespeople disqualify. Oh, you know, they qualify. Oh, Wes, you're just splitting hairs. It's like, yes and no. You know, if you just bought a new set, you know, four new tires, right? You just dropped $1,000 on new tires. You probably, you probably got one of them fancy jacked up four by fours, don't you? Yep, an, an electric right. Model 3. It's oh, all right, so $1,000, you probably spend $1,500 on tires, right? You, you know all too well how much I spend on tires. So if you just bought tires, right, and your wife's been on you with all your toys and, you know, the garage is kind of crowded with your quads and your dirt bikes and your snowmobiles, and I come up to you and I say, hey, man, I got this great deal on tire. You know those $1,500 tires? I got the same, exact same one. I got this smoking deal, and they're only $800, okay? Yeah, some people, I can buy them and sell them on Craigslist. Yeah, okay, yeah, take that aside. A lot of people won't. They're not that creative, right? Most people are like, 
dude, it's a great deal. I don't have room. My wife will kill me. I just spent $1,500 on tires. I'm sorry. I can't do it. You know, so it doesn't matter how good I am, how many, you know, do I have the alternate of choice, the Ben Franklin clothes, whatever. <laughs> it's like you just bought new tires. Okay. Now, conversely, if you were driving home from the mountains and you skidded out because you were cheap and you let your tires get bald and lost all the traction and you swerved and almost killed the whole family, now your wife's chewing your butt. You cheap SOB. I t- you didn't get new tires. I told you you're killing the family. You will get tires tonight or you will not. You will sleep in the doghouse. Those same tires are $2,000. Do you care? Not at that point. Right? I am definitely in market. So, so I am disqualifying. And it's, it's a different approach. It's kind of like playing hard to get. You know, if you remember back in your dating days. If you were if you were too desperate, if you came across as too freaky, too stalker-ish, doesn't matter that your potential future wife, you know, thinks you're cute. It's like, yeah, he's cute, but yeah, he's kind of weird. Yep. So you gotta have that right mixture of interested, but I'm not desperate. You know, and it takes it takes a little bit of time to learn that. But like anything, you, you, you can't you can't read a book and just learn it. You got to go do it because in the heat of the moment, you will not rise to your potential. You will fall back to the level of your training. Okay, and it just happens, and that goes way back. I forget who said that. It was like a Marcus Aurelius or one of those dudes, right? Yeah. And that's what happens. So you've got to train. Amateurs, rookies train until they get it right professionals train until they can't get it wrong. Okay. My, my son, he's 21, almost 22. He just started jujitsu with me. He started back in October. He's got his first tournament coming up this weekend. Oh, and, and I told him it took me three tournaments to finally calm down. Right. And you know, I'm almost 50 years old, man. Yeah. When I did my first tournament a couple of years ago, it was, it was literally the hardest thing I had done as an adult. Oh, I bet. And, you know, you're because you, when you train in your school, you know everybody, and it's not everybody's not watching when you're sparring. It's not life or death. You can reset. You do this tournament, man. There's there's two hundred something people, and this is that was just an in-house tournament, not like a big thing in an auditorium. Just one of our fellow schools, you know, in the air is like four or five cities here, and we all rotate going to each other's school. Yeah, and there'll be there'll be two hundred people in a tight area. Right. And just screaming, man. It's like the loudest thing. And, and, and everybody's like, they just tape off the mat. I imagine like a boxing arena size and they tape it off on the mats, <laughs> but there's no, there's no there, ring. There is there's no, no so, so everybody's just right there, man. My first one, I'm, I'm fighting this guy and I'm on the ground. I got pulling him in and, and one of one of my black belts, right. He was literally six inches from me screaming, with all of his might, do not let him pass your guard. You know, and I'm just like, oh, and I just dug deep. I, you know, I kicked this guy off of me, and you know, and I'm dude, I couldn't, I couldn't talk, I couldn't breathe, I couldn't swallow. I mean, the worst cotton mouth I've had ever. <laughs> I'm so amped up. At the end, you hug it out. And you're like, dude, good fight, you know. <laughs> but I, yeah. I forgot everything, man. Everything. I mean, I was literally, I was. I was just a nobody. And this was, this was September. So I'd been training for eight months, forgot everything except like literally the fundamental. So three to three entire tournaments. So I finally wasn't antsy. I was present, right? I, I could show up with a game plan, execute the things I wanted to do. Okay. That didn't, that guy's good. We countered that. That's fine. So, I've got a counter to his counter. Let's, let's, let's do this thing. So right? you get so that's into mixing it up. So you got to be ready to do that. Don't you love Apple? See, there's my Apple. Somebody's calling me. When you get into working with somebody and they haven't had this discipline, you know, they haven't been trained on sales and they don't have any approach in terms of their process or anything, 
is it are, do you look at it as this is going to be a, a multi-month experience because setting up the mechanics is one thing but actually operating them properly is a whole nother thing oh yeah you know it's what is i it, tell people in yeah. sales training I tell them straight up, you're not going to learn this in a one hour workshop or a two day intensive. Sure. Okay. I can move the needle, but I, I actually driving, driving back from the gym. I got a, an email from a guy that we just landed a deal. Actually, he's an Infusionsoft guy. He's their technical side and he's bringing me in for sales. And I told them straight up, I'm like, look, if you want to move the needle, then, you know, it's like, I'm fine coming out on site with the team. So I'm going on site for two days, but we're prepping for a month before I come out. And then we are reinforcing for a month afterwards. Yeah. That's you a know, bare minimum, isn't it? Oh yeah. 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 And because and, the likelihood that in a quarter, they're going to be off the mark fairly significantly or pretty high. Right. But you know, 60 days of, of good training, I can build some new habits. Okay. okay. So you're, you're looking at the whole 60 days to be able to get them there. See, I yeah, think yeah. that's really important because too often people think, oh, okay, I'm just going to fix this thing. I'm going to go do a two-day thing with somebody and then boom, it's going to all be, all be better. But yep. I, can't, I can't imagine a scenario where you don't need to have at least, you know, that 60 days, that sounds good. You know, it's not every day for 60 days, but obviously over a 60-day period, you're training and then keeping them on on track and you know answering questions about those things that come up because they're going to hit all sorts of situations if they're yeah because you got to go out and do it right yeah. you, you know you you come out to the driving range you're like hey wes yeah man um i need help you know need some golf lessons okay what's going on yeah i'm i'm, I'm not hitting my driver well tell me about it you know yeah i'm slicing okay great let's work on it boom 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 we get some things you're like oh yeah this is so good thank you boom you're hitting these beautiful straight shots then you're on the T number one T box with your brother, your best friend, your cousin. And they're like, Hey, loser, man, I can't believe you spent money on lessons. You, they're no good. I bet you a dollar you slice just like you always do on number one. Now the pressure's on. Right. And uh, yeah, Ryan, whoever hits a slice, they're buying, you know, the first round, you know, they're buying the hot dogs at the turn. Oh, the pressure's on. So, you have to train the way that you compete. All right. And that's why I put pressure on people. They, you've got to train under the same circumstances. Man, my first job out of the Air Force, I was a stockbroker. And we had this old Army drill sergeant. This was 1997. Flew out to Memphis for two weeks of training. And so back then, you know, the whole non-smoking thing had already taken over, but he was the one dude that was allowed to smoke in the building, <laughs> this old mm -hmm. former army drill sergeant. And there was, I don't know, 25, 30 of us, right, for two weeks. And we had to go into another room and call into the auditorium where he put us on speakerphone and we're doing our cold calls. You talk about pressure, right? Because he's jacking you up and you're performing in front of 20 or 30 of your peers. So if you could handle that pressure, once you're back in the office, just it in your own a cubicle, walk in the park, huh? right? It's a walk in the park, but people don't, they don't train the way they're going to fight. Right. So you got to do that. So when you work with people, you do sort of this kind of setup where you do some pre main event training preparation. You do your, your main training for a couple of days. Then you're doing some follow up over the next 30 days. Is there like a, a periodic review that you do with them to make sure that, you know, maybe any old habits that fell back in get corrected? If uh, they're running into new things that they're challenging them, you're able to give them some more direction? Oh, for sure. Yeah, and that, that's why I do it that way. Because just like the golf analogy, right? Yeah. You, uh, I work with you and then you go back, you know, come back a week later. Like, how'd it go? You're like, oh. Under pressure, it, you know. Well, right. you get in your own head, you know. Yes. And then when you're in your own head, you fall back to whatever your default pattern was. Exactly. And so you, you got to go back and have it stretched out again. And, okay, re, oh, this is the way to do it. All right, got it. And then go yep. back, do it some more. And, you know, okay, okay, I'm getting it better. But it takes some time. 
how, how long do you see where people actually get into their own stride and they actually go, okay, I, I know this, I understand it now, it's, it's working well. Do you see some sort of time frame where that yeah, kind of thing happens? Yeah, and a lot of it, it depends on a few things, right? If When I'm remote like this, the sales manager has to buy in. Yeah. Right? They Because I'm, I'm not the boss, right? Uh, and I've had companies, I've trained them, you know, and I said, look, your people need to be making 25 outbound calls a day. And he'd say, well, okay, y- y'all do 25 a week. I'm like, oh my gosh. And then they don't do 25 a week and there's no repercussions. I'm like, dude, I can't help you. Yeah. I can't help you. They're fighting against you the whole way. Yeah. And so it, it depends on the culture, right, at, at the organization. Because I can get people to buy in because the stuff that I teach is, is very honest. Yeah. It's, it's not forced. There are some scripts in there, but you know, life is a script. Yeah. It's not a tricky right? close. It's not, yeah, it's like, not tricky, but okay, it's like, say this and then real quick before they have a chance to think, say this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's none of that. But yeah. you know, I tell people all the time. So like this, you know, Hey Ryan, how you doing? And you say, I'm doing good. Or I'm living the dream. Yeah. Or, you know, I'm good. How are you? Hey, I'm good. Thank you for asking. Hey, oh, is, is it still back. cold in, in Utah? <laughs> it is freezing uh, cold in Utah. That's why I'm in Arizona. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right, man. Oh, man, you got family. Oh, Arizona. Oh, what part of Arizona are you in? Right. So you, you know what's coming. Right. So that's a script. Yeah. So we're all in a script. So people are like, oh, I don't like scripts. They, they feel restricted and whatever. But I'm like, OK, yeah. But the, the thing is, your, your prospects, your buyers have, have buying patterns, processes. You better have a selling process. And so people, routines help us, right? So like talking about sports, you know, the, the Masters Golf Tournament coming up here pretty soon. But, you know, I love it. But if you watch a professional golfer, if they have a little three-foot putt, right, most of them are going to make most of those putts. It's not a physical thing. Yeah. All right. It's a mental thing. But, and, and they could walk up and just tap it. If they just walked up and tapped it with one hand, they'd probably make 98 out of 100 of those. Sure. Okay. But money's on the line. So they have the exact same routine, whether it's a three foot putt or 30 foot putt, because the routine takes the mental pressure off. Right. Okay, so when I have a routine, I'm not anxious. Okay, if I'm making truly a pure cold call, you know, I've got a script for that. You know, hey, Ryan, this is a sales call. May I take 30 seconds of your time to tell you why I'm calling? You decide if we ever talk ever again. So you have mechanisms like that that facilitate your ability to create a consistent outcome. Yes, because I know human nature and how you're going to react. If I just leave it up to a, a whim, yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, that, that's maybe, like maybe, going to Google and hitting I feel lucky. Yeah, it's like when you're trying maybe, to find something. Yeah, maybe you're on today. Maybe you're not. Yeah. You know, but if you, like, let's say every time you, you swing the golf club, right, you use a different grip and you go to the golf pro, like, hey, I'm not scoring well. Well, show me your grip. Well, it changes every time. Well, I can't help you, you know, unless we get one grip and then work on that. But the same thing with golf, right? It's like, well, I grip the club like Tiger Woods, right? It's like, okay, but you're, you're five foot seven and you're 200 pounds. You can't swing the club like Tiger Woods. So we got to modify your grip, your ball placement, your stance, your takeaway, your follow through. We got to change everything. Because it all matters, you know. But what happens is people will be like, "Well, I see that Tony Robbins that uh, he's using Click Funnels, so I, I need Click Funnels." Well, are you Tony Robbins? I guarantee you, if I give you Tiger Woods golf clubs, so he won the Masters last year. I guarantee you, if I took those exact clubs out of his hands and put them in your hands, you would probably not only would you not score better, you would score worse. Uh, there's no probably about it. Yeah, I mean, he's got some custom clubs, (laughs) super stiff shaft, right? Unforgiving club heads. But you got the same tool. You have the same ability, okay? So on the one hand, I I take what I'm given and I help help them perform better with what they have. But then I slowly give them better skills. 
you know, and yeah, I, I could teach all this in, you know, one day, but it's too much. You're not, yeah. you're not going to internalize it. it I, I teach an early morning scripture class for some high school youth and it's an hour, just short of an hour a day. But I guarantee that even if I put all that I, I could into every class, they don't get a fraction of it. Right. Because you, you have to be ready to receive some things. And that's not true just for religious stuff. That's true for everything. You yep. like If you're not prepared for receiving instruction, the best instructor isn't going to help you. That's like the, also like that guy that you say is, you know, oh, yeah, um, no, just do it. Do a seventh of what he asked. That'll be good enough. <laughs> you know, he's not ready to receive what you have to give to him. And so yeah. part of it is we got to prepare ourselves to be ready. And the way you prepare yourself to be ready is go do all that you can do. And, and then develop that attitude of being open to being taught new things. And then, you know, be curious about the world around you. You know, yeah, I, I sure. can't even, I think I do okay at sales, but I know I could learn stuff from Wes. I know I could learn from you because it's what you eat, drink, and breathe. And so, you know, paying attention to the little nuances of the things that Wes has shared during this interview can really help you to start to get a better feel for where you're at in the sales game and how you can start to move towards improving your outcomes within sales and just in marketing in general. Yep. I really appreciate being on West. This has been a great conversation. Um, hey man. We've covered Thanks a lot of me. ground. This is a, definitely a, a listen to multiple time episode because there's a lot of different things that were touched on here. And if, if you're paying close attention, you picked up on some really important, really important principles that are important for long-term success in business. I, I mean, the ABCDE thing is phenomenal alone. If we would have stopped there, it would have been a great episode. We got more than that, but that right there was is phenomenal. If you if you're not thinking about how to build evangelist in your company, you need to because from my perspective, if you don't get the heart, you you haven't really gotten much at all. So you want to go for earning the heart. You have to earn the heart, right? Yep. You, you don't just get it. You got to earn it. And Amen. If you earn the heart, boy, it's tough to lose somebody. They'll give you a lot of a lot of grace. They'll give you a lot of uh, room to make mistakes, which we're all going to make. And so I think that's another reason why it's worth going the extra mile, doing the things that Wes uh, taught you guys here today. So again, I, this is probably one you want to either listen to again or go read the transcription on the website because there's some things you're going to want to highlight. You may want to print it out, highlight some of those things and make a game plan so that you can implement some of these principles because Wes is, a, Wes is not just a student of the here and now. Wes, I know, is a student of of history and time and the more important things. And so that comes out in some of these things in ways that you may not pick up on initially. So really appreciate you, Wes. Wes, appreciate uh, your constant community. You know, you're always giving to the community with your post. And I know you have a great podcast as well. And I just want to say thank you for being on. It's been a real, real honor. Man, my pleasure. Appreciate it.